Well, praise God. Um, I've had a blessed time this morning. I'm going to read out two passages. The longer than that I would normally read. So we'll take a few minutes, so just kind of bear with me, but two of them are relevant to what I'm going to say. The first passage is in Joshua chapter 1, and it's verse 1 to verse 9. And the second passage will be Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 11. And I've, the heading I've got here is possessing new spiritual territory in 2022. That was, I already wrote that down yesterday before Kathy said that. She says I'm nearly, nearly identical, you know, and I never wrote anything up there. Possessing new spiritual territory in 2022. Kathy, you possessing the new in 2022. They're just, I've got one more extra spiritual. So I'm going to read for Joshua chapter 1, verse 29. And the head of the chapter is God's commission to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be very strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Now I'm going on to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, in the head of the chapter it says, a promise of rest. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, at least any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was first preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, you shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day. In this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and most of whom it was first preached, did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. 
But if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, the last verse. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of unbelief. So, so thanks for being patient there. So, you know, there's a destination when God commissions Joshua to take the people to, and that is the promised land. And in Hebrews chapter four as well, it's speaking of a destination for us as New Testament, Testament believers in Jesus Christ. And he's saying there's also a destination. Now I'm not talking about heaven, we're talking about a destination while we're here upon the earth. And the Old Testament is full of types and shadows, meaning there's, it's, it's like parallel, something that's going to happen in the New Testament. But in the New Testament, there's a greater fulfillment. And the shadow, one of the types of shadows is salvation. They came out of Egypt, and it speaks of salvation. Then they went through the wilderness, and we can go on a, a journey, and sometimes it can be like a wilderness. There's many afflictions, and there's many trials, and there's a lot of pressures. But God says, I've got a destination for you. And that is a place of rest. You know, and it was the same for Joshua. And in that chapter, in that passage, God says in his commission to Joshua, do not turn to the left or to the right, meaning do not compromise and keep going forward. And some of you may have been here this morning and you're experiencing pressures, the pressures of life. And God would say, do not turn to the left and do not turn to the right. Keep going forward, keep walking forward in the midst of the pressures of life. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you, meaning I will give you victory every single time in the battle. There'll be many battles. It says, but I will give you victory. That's what God was saying to Joshua. Then it says, be strong. He kept repeating this, be strong and courageous, meaning face that which is in front of you. If we see it to them there, and he says it to us now, see, there can be things in life and you want to run away. You know, you want to run away from them, you want to bury your head and just hope they'll go away. But God is saying, be strong and courageous. Face that which is in front of you, keep going forward. And he says, every place that the sole of your foot treads, I will give you. Meaning that the territory you get to possess. He says, I'm going to give you. There's, you cannot be defeated. That's what he was saying. It is a win-win situation. I will give you the victory. And with God, you know, we can win every battle. And really about possessing new spiritual territory, possessing the new in 2022. What am I talking about? About going higher in God. You know, something happened in your life, breaking through into a new level in God. Verse 8 of that chapter, it says this, God said to Moses, uh, Joshua, this book of the law, he's talking about the word of God, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then 
you will have good success. And God was telling Joshua, as you begin to possess this land, as you get to this place of rest, you know, and get to possess the land, it says your uh, success and how you prosper on that journey is determined on the word of God. If you're meditating on it day and night, if you're filling your mind, you says in that quote, if you're filling your mind with the word of God, because if we look at our natural circumstances, it's complete, uh, there'll be despair, you'll feel despair, because people are concerned about different things. Somebody's maybe concerned about a son or a daughter or, or, or health issues, problems in their own life, concern about a family member. And if you look at the natural circumstances, you're going to be overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. But what does God say? This is the book of the law. We need to focus on the word of the Lord. And you cannot believe, you cannot believe in God's word. You can't even make a, a determination if you're going to believe it, but you're not going to believe it unless you know it. How do you know it? By filling yourself with the word of God. And this is part of the commission to Joshua. Joshua and his life and his generation, it parallels Hebrews chapter 4, which will come to, and which speaks of the New Testament believer. The promise for them, it was a place of rest, but it was also a geographical, physical place. It was a place of safety, a place of provision, that was we mentioned already in here as well, and a place of rest. Our place of rest that the Bible speaks about. See, in Hebrews chapter 4, it's speaking in, in, in the passage, not, I don't mean the full chapter, but in the passage 1 to 11, it's speaking of the destination of the New Testament believer, and that is a place of rest. And it's really a spiritual condition. Theirs was also a physical place. See, there was many battles that they had to fight. There was battles on the way to the Jordan River. As they began as they went into the Promised Land, there was more battles to take possession of what, what God had for them. And for us to take possession of what God has got for us, and that is really a place of rest, a place of wholeness. There is many battles to be fought on every side. Their battles were in the natural with other people groups, but our battles is more of spiritual resistance. See, the devil's primary objective is to stop me and you drawing closer to God. Because in, the more we draw closer to God, the more we enter into victory, the more we enter into wholeness. And before Joshua took over as a leader, Moses was a leader and they were in the wilderness. And Moses picked 12 men, one man from every tribe, two of those men were Joshua and Caleb, then there was another 10. And he sent them into the promised land, the spies, to survey the land. And the 12 of them come back, and it says 10 gave a bad report, but Joshua and Caleb never gave a bad report. They had a different perspective. And this is what happened. God had given them a promise, and he had given them a promise hundreds of years earlier. He gave it to Abraham. It was confirmed again to Isaac, to Jacob, all the way down the generations. And next time he raised up Moses, he says, I'm going to send you to take the children of Israel out of Egypt where they had been in bondage for over 400 years. 
and you're going to take them into the promised land. So they had the word of the Lord, but the 12 went in and 10 looked at the natural circumstances. And the natural circumstances were saying there's many different people groups here. We kind of defeat them. Some of them are giants, literal giants like Goliath, but Goliath came later, but they were like him, giants in the land. And they looked at the natural and they went into a place of despair. And they come back and those 10 people infected the entire nation with the, the report of unbelief. But Joshua and Caleb says, we are well able to overcome this land. We are, able, we, we are going to believe what God says. We can do it with God on our side. We can do this. And their report infected the entire nation. And there was two senses he took in Israel, a wee, bit, a wee bit apart. And the first one says there was 603,000 men. They just counted men aged 20 and above. They never counted children and they never counted women. So there was 603,550, so that's over half a million. And out of all the men, probably the, the women as well, the full generation, but the children, they, they, they came up after that. Out of all the men, only two people entered into what God had for them. Two people out of 603,550. That isn't even 1%. That is way lower than 1%. God had that for every one of them. And Joshua and Caleb, because they, they, they decided to believe God, see, really everything is about attitude. That's what faith is, having the right attitude. It's about believing in the word of God when the natural circumstances are telling us different. Believing in God, it's about attitude, saying, I'm going to believe, and I'm going to believe, and I'm going to believe. No matter what happens, even to I take my last breath, I'm going to believe for my healing. There's a guy in the Bible whose name was Job, and he says everything was happening to him, you know, at the same time, all these pressures, all these traumas, and people were saying to him, curse God and die. Even his wife says it to him. And this is what he says. He says, even though he slay me, talking about God, he says, I will trust him. He says, no matter what, he says, my trust in God is unshakable. See, the congregation, they were full of unbelief, and complaining. We have to believe what God says rather than what we're seeing in the natural. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And what does he mean with that? See, when he says we walk by faith and not by sight, I mean, we're not going to believe what it's seen in the natural. We're not going to believe and look at all these problems and concerns. See, walking by faith is it's not a one-off occurrence. It actually becomes a lifestyle. You know, it becomes so, it becomes something that you become. Walking by faith, when the pressures come, you keep believing. You keep going forward. And that's what it says. We walk by faith and not by sight. Something that happens to us on the journey. See, they were dealing with giants in the land. They says these giants are too big. And really, as I say, the Bible's full of types and shadows. But in the New Testament, Jesus spoke about mountains. He says, spoke about mountains. Them giants, that is a parallel, that is a type and shadow. Us mountains. And it can be things in our life that are mountains that we can't get past. You know, a mountain, you can't see by it. And you cannot get past it. 
And for them in the Old Testament, really their biggest sin was unbelief because they never believed that God would say what he was going to do. And for us as well, sometimes we can be in a place of unbelief. But sometimes we can come in and out of that place. We go from a place of faith to a place of unbelief. And we can be in and out of the two, or we're maybe more in a place of faith, or maybe for some, we're more in a place of unbelief. But this is what I find. You need to read the Word of God to be able to believe in it. So people who don't read the Word of God have nothing to believe in. You know, they have nothing to put their faith in, in the promises of God. But for many, the mountains are unbelief. I think for many as well, it's indifference. Because indifference kind of means that, well, somebody's saying, right, we can press in and possess new spiritual territory. But some people are indifferent to that. They're not that really bothered about moving forward with God. They maybe understand it, and maybe they don't understand it, but they're not that really bothered one way or other. Their lives are okay. Life's, some, I know some people, their lives are not okay, but they're not desperate for God to do more for so many. There's indifference there. And for also, those mountains can be internal issues, strongholds the Bible speaks about. It says, Paul, Paul the Apostle says this again. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds can be internal issues that we'll never get the victory over. For some, it might be depression. For somebody else, it might be anxiety. Somebody else, it might be uh, addiction. You know, somebody else, it might be just an area of sin in their life that they can't get the, the, the victory over. But Paul says, that he speaks about the pulling down of strongholds. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 24, Jesus says this, he's talking about believing again. He says, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And he's talking about mountains being removed from our lives, mountains gone. And although it talks about faith and believing, I think that is an ongoing thing. It's not a one-off occurrence. Keep believing, keep believing, keep praying, not doubting. So, so he's talking about prayer without, without doubting. And that passage I read from the... Sorry. See, strongholds in these mountains, I was jumping away ahead of myself there before on these notes, but strongholds in mountains... They, if it's especially internal issues, they block spiritual growth. See, the block is moving forward and really they need to be eradicated and they really block his community rest with the Bible promises. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, what I read out, it says this, that the, the, the writer who's writing it, it says in verse 8, it says, if Joshua had given them rest, he wouldn't have otherwise, he wouldn't have spoken of another day. Meaning, Joshua did give them rest. He took them into the promised land, which was a place of rest. 
You know, it was a place where they were away from Egypt, the oppression of Egypt, away from their slave masters, away from that abuse and trauma they went through. But he says, he wouldn't have spoken of another day. In other words, the writer is telling us there is a greater fulfillment of this, this side of the cross. They've seen fulfillment, and the Bible tells us in that passage, that's what it's saying, that's the interpretation, there will be a greater fulfillment. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9, it says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. It, meaning there's a rest that we can enter into. Verse 11 says this, that was the last verse I read in that passage. It says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Least anyone fall, and he's talking, he's, he's, he's comparing it to the time of Joshua. Least anyone fall according to the same example of unbelief. So he's, the, the writer is telling us, we don't know who wrote it, that book in the Bible, but he's telling us that there's something we can possess. And he's telling us that the, in the same way that they possessed it, that their inheritance, the promised land, which was a place of rest, He's saying that is for us as well. But he's saying there's something required on our part. And he says, because he says, let us therefore be diligent, meaning we need to be intentional. There's a pressing in. And what does that rest look like? Well, really, God takes us through this thing called salvation on a journey, is what I said already. And that journey, sometimes it can be like a wilderness journey. But he's dealing with issues in our life to get us to where we need to be. And that really is a place of rest. But it happens through restoration. It happens through God bringing us into a place of wholeness. Wholeness comes with the, the, the Hebrew word shalom. It speaks of nothing missing, nothing broken, complete, made whole, at a place of peace. See, when I, when I got a breakthrough in 2020, when I say 2020, it was bit by bit by bit leading up to 2020. And really, God broke a stronghold off my life. He really removed a mountain. And that was mental illness and anxiety disorder, you know, and other symptoms there, which is completely gone. But in 2020, it was between March and April that happened. It's like I come into another level of peace. See, when God deals with issues within us and eradicates them, these strongholds, it replaces it with peace. The Bible says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's what he wants to do, peace and rest. They equate to each other. It's one of the same thing. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says this, you will keep him in perfect peace. So the Bible even talks about perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. We need to keep our mind stayed on him because he trusting you, it's talking about us, keeping their mind stayed on him, and when we trust in him, it will take us into a place of perfect peace. And I know God is still dealing with some other stuff in my life now, but as he does that, I know there's another level of peace coming again. See, we need to go higher. We need to go deeper. We need to break through ceilings. Those things that prevent us moving higher, it's like spiritual resistance. In the book of Exodus chapter 23, in verse 30, while Moses was still the leader before Joshua took over, God said this to Moses. He says, little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased 
and you inherit the land. So God says, I'm going to do it a bit at a time, a bit at a time, and out of that you increase it, parallels our journey until you increase and you inherit the land. You inherit and you get into what God has got for you, and really that's wholeness and that which, which brings rest. A preacher, well-known preacher, he's got a mega church in Asia, and he spoke of uh, removing the mountains, speaking to the mountains in our life and removing them. And he says, that's good, the way Jesus says that. Speak to the mountain and it just goes. That's good. He says, but there's another way you can do it. He says, because, he says, when I spoke to the mountain, he says, it never moved. He says, there was mountains in my life and I spoke to them, they never moved. And see, see there's, the, the, the scriptures are open to interpretation. And this is what he says. He says, he pressed in to God in relationship through a prayer life, through studying the word of God. He says that mountain, I don't can't remember if he says mountain or mountains, but those things in his life, he says it was like a bit getting chipped away, a bit at a time of the mountain. One bit at a time until that mountain was completely flat, until it became a plain. And that's exactly what happened to me in, in a particular area of my life. You know, a bit at a time and over a long period of many, many, many years until it became completely flat, you know, mountains removed from my life. And that guy today, today, he's got a massive international ministry, big church, but he's hundreds of thousands, probably millions follow him. And this is what the Bible says in the book of Psalms. It says we go from strength to strength. Paul the Apostle says we go from faith to faith. Jesus spoke about the 30-fold the 60-fold and the 100, meaning there's levels. You know, there's, there's more, there's always more. The Apostle Paul says in another place, we go from glory to glory. Last year, I was in a church that was called the Dawson Mission. And I, I was speaking about, uh, it was a Sunday morning, re renewing the mind, being transformed by the renewing of the mind. And I was talking to this guy in the congregation after, I spoke to him before, and he says, I like some of that stuff you were saying today and that. And he says, uh, he says, but what can I do? He says, I can help people with certain things. He says, but there's certain things I can't do for them. And he says, what is it you do again? And he says, I'm a GP. And he says, and I can help people with certain things. He says, but Jesus can do something for people. He says, Jesus made a statement, he said, and he says, that statement is, nobody else can ever make that statement. And he began to quote the scriptures from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29. And this is what it says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And it says nobody else can do that for you except Jesus Christ. You know, if somebody is tormented with mental health, if somebody is bound by addiction, you know, there's things a doctor can't do for them. A doctor can do some things for some people, a GP or any type of doctor. There's things a psychiatrist can't do for people and a, a psychologist, counsellors. There's things even the church can't do for people and spiritual leaders, but, but that Jesus can do, and that is take people 
into a place of rest. How does it happen? It's through the journey of restoration. See, the more he restores us, the more we enter into rest. The more he restores us, the more we become whole. And all these things that are connected, but ultimately, it's to come into a place of rest. And, you know, I've seen this in the Bible last year and for this passage, I'm just going to bring this to a conclusion. But we all want to have purpose in our lives, and that's biblical. You know, the Bible says that we are created for good works, and that's good. But really, I believe that the Bible is teaching us in Hebrews chapter 4 is the ultimate destination for our lives is to come into a place of rest. Not to be well known, not to, not to be successful, that, that, that's good as well. But come into a place of rest. It's really wholeness, completeness. So I'm just going to pray and <coughs> hand it back over to Graham. So Father, we come before you, Lord. And Lord, we're all on a journey. Lord, but the Israelites were on a journey, Lord, and you brought, there was a generation never went in, Lord, but were promised to get in to that place of rest, which was a place of safety, a place of peace, a place of provision, a place of contentment, ultimately a place of rest. Lord, we know the Bible promises us the same. Lord, that we can be complete in you, in Jesus Christ. Lord, we can experience salvation, Lord. Sozo, Lord, it means wholeness, Lord. We know there's more, there's another level, Lord, and other levels, Lord, and other degrees, Lord, of the peace of God that we can experience. Lord, we want to possess the new in 2022, Lord. We want to break in and break through resistance, spiritual resistance, in 2022, Lord. Lord, I know I'm not satisfied, Lord. I know there's another level, another level of breakthrough, another level of peace, another level of fullness, Lord. Lord, it doesn't matter what we do for you, Lord. It's what you do in us. We do stuff for you, we don't do stuff for you, Lord. It's really about you restoring us. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Lord, I pray for the people in here today, Lord, that you would awaken desire in every one of us, Lord, to press in for the more. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Least anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Lord, we're asking for more, Lord. We're asking for the new in 2022, Lord. In these coming days, weeks, months, Lord, we're asking for change, Lord. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Amen. Thank you.